Hello, everybody. It's Monday, July 3rd. We've got Chapo coming at you. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Independence Day weekend. I am broadcasting to you now from an undisclosed location in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And I'm happy to report I have fully adopted the beautiful boater lifestyle, and it's going great for me. Touch jet ski. That's what, that's what I have to say. Anyone who's worried about, oh, there's riots in France, there's massacres going on in the West Bank right now. The air is not breathable in many major American cities. But you know what? Just just get on, get on a lake. Get on a lake. Just get in a boat. It's fucking wonderful. Get lake filled. Yeah. Uh, late, and uh, by the way, uh, I, I know we've been talking about um, b- bogus uh, health cures, but I got to say, I've discovered a new one. Lake water. I know we support drinking soda on this show. If you drink bottled water, that's literally the worst thing you can do to your body. But I've got news for you. Lake water has all of the nourishing minerals that your body needs and microorganisms that, that uh, detoxify the cancers in your body and bloodstream. I mean, yeah, it's got those, uh, you know, uh, bacteria that eat brain, but like they also eat toxins, you know, they eat brain Take the good with the bad. Uh, no, Matt, I've been living the, uh, the supper club lifestyle up here. I went to a fish fry on Friday. Oh, I love a supper club. Doing some gambling. A uh, little like scratch, sort of like uh, it's like it's like a slot machine, except it's just individual business cards, and you just like lift lift up little things and see if you won. I uh, bought bought a round of drinks for everyone at the bar yesterday because I lost a dice game. You know, it's 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 God's people up here. Um, like I said, I hope everyone else's uh, vacations are going uh, splendidly. But uh, let's 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 get into it for today. We got some. We got uh, some Supreme Court rulings. We've got uh, Twitter continues to circle the drain. And we've got some more fun from DeSantis world. Um, where to begin today? Uh, let's start with the uh, Supreme Court. Got a n- number of decisions over the weekend, um, basically axing uh, affirmative action, student loan uh, debt relief. Um, and uh, what was the last one? Oh, yeah. And it's legal to discriminate against gay people if you have a business. So, uh Supreme Court continues to deliver. Um, just quoting from Biden here. This is not a normal court. <laughs> seems pretty normal to me. It seems like they're doing exactly what they're what the what what they're intended to do. But yeah, uh, where, where do you want to begin with this? Um, uh, Felix, I liked your comment that like every Gorsuch ruling um, on most issues is like it's legal to cut off the hands of an employee for doing time theft. But anything to do with a reservation, he's like, I'm issuing this ruling from occupied Ojibwe lands. Yeah, I'm Neil Gorsuch, he, him, <laughs> on occupied Piscataway land. Um, I always felt like like affirmative action as it was done in America was just like just like a halfway solution that well, I mean, uh, to kick the can down the road, you know? Not that not that whatever replaces it will be like any better or like help people anymore, but it's I mean, it's the end of like it's the end of like sort of like a vestige of caring about something. Right. Yeah. I mean, it started off as a halfway gesture. And by now it's just so that universities can tout their diversity to uh, students like that's it. It's just, it's a it's a promotional material. Yeah. Well, we finally stopped getting those articles where it's like I have a three point nine GPA, but uh I had to go to Penn State instead of Harvard. <laughs> Can we finally I had to go stop to Cornell instead of Brown? Yeah, holy uh, no, and shit. Fa- not only do I think we will not see the end of that genre of op-ed, I expect to see even more of them because when the same um, half-wit kids still don't get into the Ivy Leagues, they're just going to, I don't know, like 
it's like uh, it's like what happened here, like in Stuyvesant in New York City, which is like the elite public school. It's like everyone was fine that there was like zero black students in that school until Asians just were like the majority of the each matriculating class. So white parents are just going to get mad at Asian kids for taking their spots at schools. Uh, and also, like, I would imagine the like anyone who's not white at an elite university, it's not like uh, people will think they got in there because of merit now. I think they'll just be even more um, put upon as some sort of undeserving uh, minority. Well, Roberts gave him an out in the in the ruling where he says you can still consider race as it imp- impacts an individual student. And you know, since they don't really have to say how they make their decisions anyway, that that gives them all the leeway to do what they were going to do anyway. All this ruling really does is uh, ring the dinner bell for lawyers so that all of these aggrieved uh, white kids can now sue. And it'll just be a constant lawsuit festival. That's going to be the outcome of this. Well, at least at least they'll finally spend the endowment. I mean, that would be awesome if they just like got this bled out completely. I mean, that would be the ideal outcome for all Ivy League colleges to be destroyed. No more, no more college would be. Yeah, I mean, that amazing. That is the dream. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess like uh, like the the thing that people are pointing out is like to do this and then preserve um, legacy admissions is seems really uh, hypocritical. But yeah, like our you know our our line, the official party line of Chapa Trap House is no more college. Nobody yeah. gets into college. Zero yeah. admissions to any college in the country. It's going away, folks. Until, until until these kids learn how to party and stand up to the the crusty the crusty deans. Um, I guess yeah, the other the other rulings were uh, student debt relief that's been axed, and I guess the only thing of note to that is that like Biden and his administration never wanted this to begin with, and that's why they sucked it to the Supreme Court. This is only going one way. They're not they're not broken up about that. Well, I mean, I don't know about that because doesn't that seem like sort of too many steps if you don't want to do something if you're a Democrat? Like usually, if a Democrat doesn't want to do something, they just don't do it, and they're like, oh the the Senate is fucked up parliamentarian that doesn't that seem like just like way, way too complicated, way too many moving parts. I mean, they can assuredly be, you know, you can assuredly stick like shoddiness or like uh lack of will after it's struck down to them. But like, I, I'm not really sure if that's true. Possibly. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I read something that was like, I mean, they, they could have done this in a way that it wasn't tested in the courts. I don't know. I could be full of shit. Though. I'm on vacation. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> I guess like the, <laughs> I the have worst... no idea. <laughs> Again, no, thank you. I, I, they're not going to uh, they're not listening to me one way or the other. Yeah. I guess like the 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 worst of these decisions by far though is the um uh the the one that allows businesses to discriminate against gay people for religious reasons. I mean for a lot of reasons but like uh I guess like of note is that there was like absolutely no real case to be tried here. This is just like people who created a fake website that didn't even get like a single gay person wanting them to design a web page for their wedding and then use that as like standing for this spurious lawsuit that um allows businesses to discriminate against gay people. Yeah, it's pretty wild. They just made this complete Potemkin website. Yeah, the, the idea that they're standing there is pretty wild. And especially considering that like standing is how they've used, like they've used standing to like corral the number of people that can like get a case before the Supreme Court. You know, like it's, it's a good way to um, sort of nip in the bud anything uh, before it even gets to the court. So they've just, the fact that they've granted standing to these fucking clowns is pretty funny. I mean, pro- probably, probably like a premeditated thing, wouldn't you imagine? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I mean, like, yeah, like I think they they have like this is how they do now. They just like they create these fake cases that they're then they just put them on rails to get in front of the Supreme Court to do exactly this. But I guess like I, I want to say like they're all bad decisions. You know, they're hardly surprising. We can expect more of them in the future. But please take to heart that there are some blistering dissents from Elena Kagan. Uh, I'm reading from a uh, Jamel Bowie in the New York Times. But I don't want to discuss Robert's majority opinion as much as I do Justice Elena Kagan's dissent. Kagan wrote something unusual. She didn't just challenge the chief justice reasoning. She questioned the courts, whether the court's decisions was even constitutional. What? Wow. wow. The Supreme, well, the Supreme Court is unconstitutional. You heard it here first, folks. If she was uh, serious about this stuff, she would show up to the next uh, Supreme Court uh, hearing like Reverend Toller and fucking first reformed. <laughs> that so she wouldn't bitch out a, a revolutionary change in the court overnight <laughs> instead she'd rather just issue blistering dissents oh i'm sure they're they're terrified well i mean let's let's listen to this room a little further it says here um from the first page to the last today's opinion departs from the demands of judicial restraint kagan wrote at the behest of a party that has suffered no injury the majority decides a contested public policy issue properly belonging to the politically accountable branches and the people they represent she continued that is a major problem not just for governments but for democracy too congress is of course a democratic institution it responds even if imperfectly to the preferences of american voters the court kagan concluded exercises authority it does not have it violates the constitution to which i say uh, good i'd like i'd like more people to violate the constitution can we please uh, in addition to colleges can we please also get rid of the constitution let's do it but yeah um supreme court stuff um like I said, hard, hardly surprising there, but we can we can expect more of this. Um, the, the role of Roberts has become a big focus of a lot of the um, writing about this and the sort of balancing act that he's trying to accomplish. Because like they, the Supreme Court recently did not uh, like they ruled in ruled against the like racial gerrymandering in, in uh, one of these states um, that like seemed to uphold certain voting rights. Uh, they did not go ham on the independent electors platform which would have basically changed the way all elections are run. We've talked about this before. It would basically allow like state officials to just like decide who wins their state. Uh, they, they chose not to go a whole hog on that, but then they, they deliver this way. So like Roberts continues his sort of like, to, as we call it, preserving the legitimacy of the court through this um, sort of like uh, give you, give with one hand, take with the other sort of approach. Right. He's um, I mean, it's a balancing act. He's um depending on how things are going that month, like news cycle wise. Yeah. Uh, he'll like, if, if people, if it really seems like people hate the fucking court, like it, it, the long-term status quo is in danger, then he'll, um, he'll, he'll give you like some sort of like pre 2000 status quo or like a, a regular decision, something that yeah. like preserves the administrative state or just the regular way of doing things. Right. But if it seems like uh, the the heat is off a little bit, he has to throw some bones to the right majority of the court, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like who he, like, it's not, uh, who's mad at the court is not equal. I, I don't think he actually gives a shit if like there's some ambient uh, distaste for the court in the population at large, because what are they going to do about it? I think he is genuinely concerned about making democratic lawmakers get to a point where their continued existence, their continued ability to, you know, draw off of the public uh, uh, teat is 
somehow threatened. And he knows because they actually have the power theoretically to do something about the court's influence. So he's happy to do the stuff that they don't really care about, which is anything substantive because it doesn't matter. It's more stuff to fundraise with. Dobbs was a huge gift to Democrats in that respect. It's, it's helped give them uh, a lease on life that they would otherwise not have. They don't care about stuff like that. But things like the Voting Rights Act one and the independent state legislatures one, that directly impacts Democratic yeah. lawmakers who actually could do something independent of any public opinion, which is amorphous and unshapable and, and, and undirectable anyway. Yeah. But yeah, th- uh, yeah. But at the same time, like this wasn't even in the conversation for Democratic lawmakers until Dobbs. And obviously you can make the argument correctly so that like there probably never was the will within the party to actually do something. But the fact that it was like something that was discussed more than it ever was before, really um, forced them into a position where they, they have to, they have to throw some goodies away towards the democratic side. No, but I, I I think you're right, Matt, in terms of like um, preserving the ability of, uh, of black people to continue voting in parts in states of this country where like the democratic party uh, very much relies on them. I think you're right. Like if the court can remain a bulwark for Democrats continuing to be a political party that can, uh, you know, win office in this country, then like it's like one hand, you know, one hand washes the other. Whereas like, uh, you know, ending affirmative action is a huge boon to the right wing. They've been trying to do this for years, but like whether black people can go to college or not, doesn't really like affect democratic lawmakers one way or the other. Like, I mean, like their bread's still going to be buttered. So mm-hmm. they can they can give that 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 good away to the right. But, you know, like um, not allow like purely racial gerrymandering in southern states, because you're right. Like if, if the Supreme Court, if they're all that stands in between, like whether Democrats are even allowed to run for office in like half of the country, then like then they will be le- they will be more reticent to uh, criticize the court or question its legitimacy or of its rulings. And like they didn't even have to take up the independent state legislature deal like they did that intentionally to knock it down and to get a little bit of juice and a little bit of uh, ink for being reasonable and reminding uh, the Democrats that it w- that they're still going to protect their basic interests. And so that's not worth the danger of really going after their legitimacy, which they're clearly terrified of doing because they don't think that they have the horses, even if they wanted to, to win any kind of uh, real power struggle in this country. Well, uh, moving on from the Supreme Court, I guess the other the other big event over this holiday weekend was um, uh, the continued um, uh, degradation of the usability of Twitter. And, you know, like this is this is a topic that I feel sort of embarrassed talking about, you know, like all the all the people, the the woe is me or Twitter is dying or whatever, because, look, I'm, I'm still posting there like my 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 soul is trapped there for eternity, whether the website is functional or not. But. Uh, did you guys have any? I mean, look, I've, you know, we we made careers out out of Twitter, and I've I met you guys. I met I met so many of the people I consider very close friends through Twitter. But uh, do we have do we have any thoughts about um, Twitter circling the drain, or is this just are, are we going to blue sky now? I mean, I've been posting over there, but uh, I, I guess the funny part about this story is like the idea of like uh, uh, limiting how many tweets you see a day. It coincided uh, exactly with the day a billion dollar bill to Google was due for cloud hosting. Right. I, I've been uh, reticent to call anything like a definitive sign of uh, the end because I mean, what is the story of American internet services except like 
it doesn't matter how bad things will get. Where else are you going to go? Most yeah, web yeah. pages will crash the average person's computer through sheer data mining and pop-ups now. It doesn't matter. But um, no one has ever interfered with people's ability to just consume as much as possible, unless it's something like the New York Times or Washington Post, and those are different. Yeah. For the average person who like doesn't know why this happened, they just got on there and it didn't work. They assume that it's pretty much over. Even it, it seems to be kind of back to normal later, but that doesn't matter. If this can happen, then it can happen again. I mean, with Google hosting, I've been told that like Google's fairly lenient uh, if you you don't renew because it's it, it's a it's sort of a point of no return if you lose your hosting, right? Um, and the right. fact that it happened instantly makes me think he just like Elon just told them to fuck off, right? This is probably going to happen in several other iterations. There, your ability to just stare slack jawed and consume content until the end of the day will be uh, will be interfered with, and I think that's that's the end. I don't know. I don't think blue sky is necessarily like it. I don't think that's necessarily the next thing. But if under an Elon Musk ownership regime, I think it's days or numbers. I mean, under, yes, he is what he's trying to do in terms of uh, re- reshape it, the uh, business model and cut costs is clearly doing the doing significant damage to the structure of the company itself. But the er, the need that it, that Twitter fills is still un, otherwise absolutely insatiably uh, anywhere else. And so there's going to be a bucket to take all of that, uh, I guess, emptiness, <laughs> the loneliness that exists. <laughs> and the thing that really uh, made me certain of that was when it went down and when everyone was rate limited and you couldn't post, people were still in a beautiful summer day. People were still finding workarounds to like look at posts like, oh, if you put everything in a list, then you can see the posts. And if you copy and paste, like that is how desperate people are to be able when something happens to post about it. And this was the thing that was happening and it was making it impossible to post on the place where you talk about things happening, but people still try to find a way like fucking MacGyver to do it. So <laughs> someone's going to come in. The, the Saudis are going to bone saw his ass and like uh, strip it for parts or something. But I don't think there's any way that that structure that has been built to relieve people of their, uh, their social isolation uh, has been, reproduced or replicatable anywhere else but there so someone's gonna have to take it over take a huge uh profit cut uh, punch to the face right off the bat uh but it'll it'll probably be musk at some point uh but yeah someone's gonna have to do it right i think i think the most likely option is like he has to sell to someone else and i don't you know let's rewind a bit you were forced into buying this thing the thing that everyone always forgets that he has successfully yeah. made people forget that he did not want to do this. You are forced into buying this thing. And now after like a series of fuck ups and like losing the main, the main revenue generate generating source for this thing that you didn't want to buy uh, with tons of new debt, you as the owner of the service who were previously bragging about like record users and record uh, user minutes per session you're on there and being like, go outside. Don't use this gay <laughs> thing that I bought. It's stupid. <laughs> you're gay. 
if you want to use those. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, like, it's, I mean, obviously anyone who uses the cry laughing emoji, it's been pointed out, is they're having the worst time of their lives, obviously. Yeah. He just cannot be having fun in any, like, he does not want to be doing this shit. Um, nothing, nothing he's tried to do uh, has worked. And the, his half-assed ex- explanations for anything are making less, like, it makes they make anyone, no sense any, at all. Has anyone ever like on? Have you ever like? Have you used YouTube at any point? And has there been a pop up on YouTube where it's like, all right, you can't use this for like a day because of data scraping? What the fuck is <laughs> is? Are we in Johnny Mnemonic? What are you talking about? <laughs> They're doing scrape jobs. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it just, like, Betty Davis's it, data got scraped. Yeah. As it was explained uh, by someone else, Twitter was essentially like DDoSing itself on the app. <laughs> I, just, I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, this, uh, I don't know. Who does he sell it to? I guess is the, the Saudis. Though. The Saudis just bought golf. Why not buy Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. Every- it would be, yeah, it would be pretty useful to them. <laughs> Every time you post, you have to pay like a, one of the what is it called the the Jadzia tax or something <laughs> Jadzia Dax tax yeah. Jazz Hands tax <laughs> yeah yeah um, and as, as long as we're talking about um, everyone's favorite person um, how fucking how fucking lame is the repeated stories about like Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk fighting each other I like it sucks that it won't actually happen because Dick Zuckerberg would clear him <laughs> yeah oh he would wash him he Dick would wash Zuckerberg him. would fucking own him. Like, he's I, like uh, dude, Dick Sucker. I've seen Dick Zuckerberg training. He's like not horrible. And the only proof I have of Elon training, well, there's that one hilarious the Lex post. Friedman po- the Lex Friedman photo. Well, no, no. Before the Lex Friedman post, he has one post where he's like, um, some like idiot, probably Dutch man, is making a thread <laughs> about like martial arts, and he's like, you know, jujitsu, judo is chad, blah blah blah. Uh, you know. <laughs> And Elon replies to it, and he's like, this is all very good. Um, I traded judo, Kyoko Shin Karate, full contact, and no rules street fights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. When he said I trained in no rules street fighting, that is the most girlfriend in Canada ass thing I've ever heard. It. I, I trained in no, hold, no holds barred street fighting. Yeah. He was, was, just, was, he, was he playing Streets of Rage or something? What the fuck are you talking about? Him, like it was just him and other like anemic South African aristocrats like slapping each other in a parking lot forty years ago. But he's Lex Friedman posted um, still photos, not video of him. Yeah, not video. Yeah, and was like, (laughs) oh, guess what, guys? Elon's actually really good. Which is like Lex is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but he's a he's like tiny. He's He's like four feet tall. What's the is there a rank above black belt? Because he has that one in dick riding. <laughs> well, in, in, in BJJ, it's the red and black striped belt. He definitely has the, that. He's a tenth degree Dan, Dan in uh, dick riding. He, he's but trained I, with all the Gracie family and riding dicks. Yeah, he is. I mean, I really do think that he's so mystified. Like Lex Friedman is dumb as shit. My friend Charlie this week told me that uh, at one point Lex at the outbreak of the uh, special military operation, Lex uh, unfollowed everyone except for Putin and Zelensky, which is <laughs> the dumbest fucking, that is so fucking Get them both stupid. on his show. Get them both on his show. We'll yeah. clear this up. 
Yeah, so Lex Friedman seems like someone who, like, his house is arranged like chess pieces or something. <laughs> he's like, I'm always in a game. He's that stupid. So he's he's absolutely, like, mystified by Elon Musk and probably, like, even though Elon's, like, fat and, and weak and, like, bad at fighting, he's like, oh, uh, he actually beat my ass. He's just so hypnotized by Elon's bullshit that he let it happen. But Mar- Mark is... You know, there's pure hatred and pain behind Mark's eyes. Yeah, exactly, Felix. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I know Elon Musk might not, must not be having a good time, but like, he seems like a, a genuinely dim-witted oaf. Whereas, like, when I see yeah. the fact that Mark Zuckerberg is like doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like, I see, you're exactly right. I see those photos of him training, and I just see hatred. I see rage at like you know uh, I don't know like that girl at Harvard that didn't call him back or whatever. Um, he like I think he's so sick of just like being synonymous with like weak chin dork that like he's he's turning into a killer he's turning he's he's going tyson mode no one has ever liked him that's the other thing like exactly elon is like less popular than he used to be but he still has fans and he's had a lot of fans in the past there's never been a period where people are like mark zuckerberg's awesome people have always been like kill him he's this guy (laughs) i hate looking at him kill him now he's always been detested and I really, I think he's sick of it. Um, look, I've seen a lot of celebrity training footage. Mark's not the worst I've ever seen. He he kind he can kind of kick. He kind of knows what he's doing. It's not bad for a guy who just started, like in his forties. It's more than enough for him to destroy Musk. The UFC said that they would put this fight on Dana White. <laughs> they don't fucking Dana White. This. Uh, he said, he said, first of all, this is not a gimmick fight. (laughs) We're not. Yeah. This isn't like Japan. This is a real fight. Um, but isn't that like when Mickey Rourke does a boxing match with like a, a, like a a 70 year old homeless man in Russia. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a joke folks. Gimmick fights in MMA. The UFC has put a few of them on. Um, but they were more commonplace in Pride, which was UFC's biggest competitor in Japan. And Pride, like the UFC's gimmick fights, I think are stupid. They're very low, low imaginations. It was it was stuff like you know, see, we're gonna have CM Punk fight like a four and O guy. Like, oh my god, oh, can a pro wrestler's forty fight? No. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna have James Tony, the heavyweight boxer and light heavyweight boxer, fight Randy Couture, far, former. USC heavyweight champion. Oh, I wonder how the guy who has never had a single MMA fight, I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah, but it's well, like he's only ever used down. his hands. Yeah. yeah, he's going to get taken down instantly and yeah, arm triangle choke, well, which is what happened. I, but when in Japan, when they had gimmick fights, they were awesome because the gimmick was always like fat guy versus homeless guy, <laughs> actor versus alcoholic. Just like schizophrenic versus uh, guy we fooled into coming here. It was the closest thing you could get to the real life version of the History Channel's Deadliest Warrior. Yes. Yeah. Or Gladiator match. They were great. They had legitimate fights and they had those fights and they were awesome. But Dana like hates that because he's like, you know, they made a mockery of the sport by having a former NFL player fight a four foot one Japanese guy. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like no that's what the sport should be and he, 
he's like, who would win? Who would win it? Who when they get a step in the octagon? Mark Zuckerberg or a thousand ducks? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I. It sucks that this won't happen though. That's really what's sad. Well, I, I agree with you, Felix, that uh, Zuckerberg would would absolutely wash Elon Musk. But here's the thing: I'm, I'm breaking down the tail of the tape. The only thing I think I think Zuckerberg might run into a problem with is like, how do you get like a lock around or your arms or legs around M- Musk's like enormous, the tr- enormous trunk of his torso? Like just how yeah. wide and sort of large his whole upper body. And I don't mean You're- large in like a jacked way. I just mean like his 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 abdomen is very just uh, okay, like you're, disturbing you're, you're, to look at. You're joking, but that is literally, there was an undefeated, this isn't an M- MMA, but this is in Greco-Roman Olympic wrestling. There's a guy, um, uh, fuck, what was his name? The Karelin, Alexander Karelin. He was this undefeated Russian Greco-Roman wrestler. He looked like, he looked like he was out of a comic book. He was a Rob Liefeld illustration. He was terrible. <laughs> he was like fucking undefeated. He was so fucking good and so strong. And he would pick up these guys who were like 300 pounds by the time they rehydrated and just throw them like just through the air like they were ragdolls. His streak came to an end when he he went against Rulon Gardner, who was oh, right. The American guy. Yeah. The American who wrestler. later ended up on the biggest loser. world's biggest loser. Yeah. Yeah. A very strange life, Rulon Gardner, for a lot he, of he reasons. He dropped out of world's biggest loser. I remember watching yeah, that he, season. He went home halfway through the show. Well, he, he lost he had, like he lost like fifty pounds in a week because he's a wrestler and could cut weight, and then was like, "Fuck this!" But he, no, really and then he we- gained it back. He gained it yeah. back. And that's why he went home. <laughs> really weird, really tragic life, Roland Gardner. But Roland Gardner was able to beat Corellin because Corellin, his famous move was the Corellin lift, where he got behind you and like did sort of like an S grip and threw you. He could not get his arms around Gardner's American gut. <laughs> that is so. There is some precedent towards that. But yeah. Musk does have those really unnerving, gross little legs. And uh, if Mark Mark could just get a single leg and probably drag him to the ground. You remember you remember like when you were kids, there was that um, rumor that Marilyn Manson got his lower ribs removed so he could suck his dick. I think Musk got about six extra ribs put in to stop him <laughs> from sucking his own dick. Yeah, he looks like he swallowed a birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> That picture of him on the boat is oh, it's, it's oh, not it's good. How do you look like that? <laughs> uh, what happened? That's not how. That's not how a human body looks. It's like they, it's like because it's not the normally. It's not like the normal way that like I get fat. You know what I mean? It's 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 odd. It doesn't add up. It's like if he was eating three thousand calories a day, but only those weird like zero sugar candies that are like plastic. <laughs> It's like if you got all your calories from things that your body can't digest. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, it's like that, that Lex Friedman guy, like seeing him again. He's like, I, I can't wait to see his three hour podcast in video format on Twitter. But I got to say, the more I hear about talking Lex this, Lex that. No, he's the goofiest to Lex G's gallant. Yes. <laughs> Lex G yeah. is the true Lex. He is the true thought leader. And I don't want to hear anything about Lex Friedman until you until people properly put some respect on the name of uh, Lex G. Lex Friedman is, yeah, that is, it really is a, a huge uh, black marker against, against the nation that we made that guy famous. He's like, what is his deal? He's like an MIT guy that like stupid people think are smart. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's an MIT guy and he'll do like, he'll have a podcast where he'll have like, 
I like Alan Dershowitz on, and then the next episode he'll have on like his victims. <laughs> yeah, his victims, his alleged victims, and be like, "See, I cover. I, I I'm nonpartisan. I cover every side of every issue." <laughs> like the Zelensky Putin uh, follow strategy. Yeah, he had Kanye on, and Kanye was like, uh, "Jew, you know, Jews evolved from from snakes. There was a serpent <laughs> a million years ago, and all Jews came from it." And Lex was like, I don't think that's true. Let's look that up right now. <laughs> and that's like, that's what kind of show it is, basically. Okay. And I don't even think he's really an MIT guy. I think he like, he calls himself that, but he really, he just like showed up at a classroom one day and like they he talked until him. they made him leave or something. Or he, oh, he did, he, he did like an extension class, like how to eat an orange. He He's a research scientist at, at, at MIT. I think he's like, He's probably like the lowest tier of research scientists. Like he's the guy, like people send him to like print stuff out for them. But like the MIT name is enough such that like Joe Rogan listeners can hear it and be like, oh, this is Joe's like smartest friend. This is Joe's in-house scientist. I think I think smart guy that does like combat sports is a very um, it's a very it's a very uh effective way past a lot of people's defenses because you're like oh a smart guy who's also a jock like that must be the coolest person in the world it's uh it, they've ruined combat sports like 10 years ago when you went into like an mma gym or a muay thai or bjj gym even if like even if you got good at it and you could beat up like 99 of like normal people who had never trained in any like fighting art or anything or done any sport you did know that this was like a nerdy and antisocial pursuit, but now like gyms are filled with people who are like, I'm doing this so I can get better at, um, you know, my MBA classes. I'm doing the, I'm doing this to be a better consultant. No, I mean like f- fighters should be like, uh, the, our favorite, our favorite, uh, MMA guy that who's the guy who blew a drug test and said it was the, said it was because the goat he ate was laced with cocaine. I think that was Pequeno, uh, Alexander Noguera. Um, there might it should it should be guys like that and like Mike Perry. Yeah, Latin Latin Mike, Mike Perry. Perry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's I. I miss MMA. Should be filled with like people who they have the personalities that you imagine a cell sword would have had six hundred years. Ago. <laughs> Not like the self improvement crap. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, I like I know I've said to you guys in the past, maybe I've said it on the show, but like in in surviving some of the uh, the the doldrums of the news cycle, I have said that I think our show should send a gift basket to the DeSantis campaign for how fucking clutch they've been coming through, so providing us with material for you know to, to a year before the, the over a year before the next election, but. Uh, have you guys been following the latest dust up in DeSantis world involving the just like. I don't know, like the, the DeSantis met, you know, like the, these virginal creeps that populate his campaign. Uh, the latest news is that like um, basically one of the young DeSantis men has been outed by Breitbart. It's like it's like a Trump DeSantis flame war over uh, the release of private messages in which this guy was like, you know, just saying, you know, like Jews, can, you know, just 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 saying like pretty standard uh, conservative anti-Semitic stuff about you know, oh, we, we can't trust Jews and shit like that. But just the um, the the fucking begrieved way that this guy is crawling on the cross now about like, oh, they, they released my they released my personal messages, and it's just like, I don't know if you've been following this, but like, I, I don't I don't know what exactly these two sides are disagreeing over here. 
Because like, oh, who's more racist? Like, I mean, is, is it the Trump people are saying that like this is out of bounds or something like that? But I mean, I, I, I can't say I feel any sympathy for this guy because he's like, did you read his long ass post, this Pedro Gonzalez guy? I read the part, I, the only part of it I remember, which was very funny, his way of like explaining it and being like, I don't hold these views now, was he was like, I actually, because I got into politics like three years ago, I speed ran my entire political development. So I went from normal conservative to like, um, you know, anti-Semitism. And now I'm in my final form based DeSantis guy. Now I'm in my final form guy who would like a job. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I was posting for the epic fun of it and, and trolling uh, and uh, asking the JQ and being based. But then I saw this guy and I realized he might be my meal ticket. So all of a sudden I decided that uh, maybe we shouldn't be anti-Semitic, at least in public. Anti-Semitism aside, it's like, y you know, that can some people think it's bad. Some people think it's good. I'm not going to tell you what to do in your group chats. That's your business. But worse than that, worse than any prejudice, Pedro Gonzalez um, broke the primary rule of group chats he was constantly sending his own tweets to have oh. people gas them up. <laughs> Juice this. Oh. Yeah. He, he oh. was doing it under the guise of like, look, this is how you should talk about Jews. But really he just wanted engagement. That's really what was going on because he, I saw a few screenshots where he's like, look at this post. This is how you take on Jews. See, I named like two Jewish neocons and one guy who isn't Jewish. And that gets people thinking. But it's like, really, you just want like the guy with the most followers in there to retweet you. Yeah. Pathetic. Very skeevy. P yeah. Pedro halfway. He's but, like, uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> playing Pedro. Uh, but once again, though, I think this is like a, a real telling example of the difference between Trump and DeSantis world. Because like we talked before on this show about like the, the shooters Trump, Trump has, which are all like uh, Bernard Carrick, like cops who have gone to jail for smoking crack. Uh, just like uh, co corrupt attorneys <laughs> yeah. of every stripe, like people with no souls or conscience. And then compare that to this dickless asshole who says, I'm just going to read here. It says a response to the controversy about me. The golden rule for surviving controversy is don't apologize. But I am faced with a Gordian problem, a not connecting the future to the ox cart of the past. The dilemma is this. You are never oh supposed to apologize God. The people sticking their necks out to defend me deserve an explanation. So it's like, okay, well, here comes the apology. <laughs> what a fucking pussy. Yeah, the Gordian prop. That's not what a Gordian <laughs> knot is, you fucking dickhead. Wait, Felix, I know, I know you didn't read to the end of this post, but I just want to read like the last paragraph. It says here, um, I'm glad, I'm glad, I am glad this happened. I also don't expect Trump's people to stop trying to tie my future to who I was yesterday when I was ironically closer to them. And like his future, the Gordian ox cart of the past. This was like a year ago. These posts are from like, like <laughs> not speed running, running though. <laughs> You're forgetting he's on Adderall. He's, running, he's yeah. on the internet, so time dilates around him. He's Pedro he's the been Hedgehog. Thinking about the internet stuff. He's been thinking about politics on the internet for for a normie hundreds of years. <laughs> Pedro the Hedgehog was just speed running politics until like uh till his posts about Jews came out and then all the golden rings flew out of him and he was like, ah, I have to start again. I saw the only other time I saw this guy before, um, he was arguing with like a Trump Groiper. And the, the, the Trump the Trump Groiper was like, um, shut the fuck up, like you should be deported. And he was like, ah, that's that's where I'm gonna catch you in your own logic. 
I Trump should have deported me, but he did not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the war, the Warren voterness is steaming <laughs> off of him. It doesn't matter that he's heard to say this. It's just so Warren. Uh, I, sort of, I, I sort of keep reading from the, the end of his uh, his long apology post. He goes, um, uh, I expect them to continue using any means necessary to silence me like they try to do anyone with a sense of shame against those with something to lose and families to feed because it can cost them everything. It's the reason others don't defect or stay silent. It is excruciating. But the only way out is to let them hurt you and consign yourself to the flames of public judgment until nothing is left to burn. In Dune, Frank Herbert called this the attitude <laughs> oh, of the knife, chopping off what's incomplete and saying, now it's complete because it's ended here. I hope You're others see this. down for- <laughs> 18 hours a day. This is like fucking Dune. Jesus Christ, man. He's, yeah, yeah. Wow, deep over here. The, yeah. att- the attitude of the knife. God, wow, the, the desperation and dorking. Like, just like... Just like the, the 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 zero swag, no pussy getting energy of all the DeSantis men is really something to behold. And I mean, like the, this dovetails perfectly with like, did you guys see the DeSantis anti-Trump ad where they were like, they're basically saying like uh, Trump is like the is the most pro-gay Republican president. And they're right. You know, like and it's like it's an ad where it's like all this like uh, swaggy music playing over it as Trump is like saying Caitlyn Jenner can use whatever bathroom she wants. Think she's a wonderful lady. Uh, we love the LGBTQ community, QI. Everyone, there's some folks that are questioning. That's okay. Where there's no part of the community, and then they like put in all this like evil supervillain music as it cuts over like badass glowing eyes. DeSantis being like, Florida legalizes throwing gay people off of buildings. Yeah, but like it yeah. just it just reminds me of like when Hillary was running against Trump and she was just like, Trump is a different kind of Republican. He's not like all the rest of them. It just, I, <laughs> yeah, they they make. In that ad, they do, it's like, um, it's a very online edit, as most of the DeSantis campaign is. They they are, they're trying to do dark DeSantis. They make, they make it so DeSantis is Patrick Bateman in American yeah. Psycho at one point. But it's like, if they're good at one thing over on the DeSantis team, it's accidentally making the case for Trump, which seems to be all they ever do. This ad's perfect because if you watch this ad, uh, without knowing all these signifiers, these very online signifiers, your takeaway is like Trump is fun. DeSantis isn't regardless of the culture war stuff. Trump comes, you walk away from that going, Oh, there, those are some funny Trump moments. Yeah. And, oh, here's DeSantis. The guy who's just never seems like he's ever enjoying himself. And even the music that they cut it with, like the supposedly bad Trump part, like he sounds funny and fun. And then it comes to DeSantis and it's just like, you know, like like video game boss fight music. Where you're like, exactly. Without the cultural signifiers, you could watch that ad and be like, wow, DeSantis is really a shit. That is really evil. Uh, better vote for Trump. But like, you know, it, it goes to the thing that's like, what is this Pedro guy apologizing for? Because I know he's like a, a now a Trump apostate. But isn't DeSantis just trying to be more Trump than Trump? Isn't he trying to be more racist and anti-gay and anti-Semitic than Trump is? Well, you can't, you're supposed to still, you're still required to cover it up a little bit, depending on the power of the constituency that you are defaming. So you have more leeway with gender stuff than you do with racial racial stuff, and you have more leeway with racial stuff than you do with anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism, you have the least leeway to publicly come out with. Uh, yeah. And so then since that was the bulk of the stuff that his former DM partners leaked, uh, he had to 
do damage control because you no one is allowed to just uh, bring up the Jews yet. It's, I mean, it does highlight the impossible position that uh, DeSantis is in because, you know, as you ask that, like, what is DeSantis trying to do? And I thought for a moment, and you're right, it's like he's trying to both be more Trump than Trump is on the cultural stuff, right? He's trying to go say, I go farther than Trump ever would, but at the same time making the case that he's more normal than Trump. He's, he's going in opposite directions. The, the, both these things cannot be true. And it's just like he can neither attack Trump that well without like spitting on himself without cutting off his own nose, nor can he really make the case for the existence of his candidacy without Um, contradicting himself. (laughs) But Matt, uh, speaking of the point about um, how the like the anti-Semitic stuff, like if, if the group chat was just nothing but racism and homophobia, this would be like. It would, have, it would have dinged him less. I guarantee you he probably wouldn't have written a 3,000-word apology. But, like, listen to the way the DeSantis, like, the DeSantis people are defending this Gonzalez guy. Uh, it says here, plenty of others have been interacting with Gonzalez's response, including Trump attorney turned DeSantis backer Jenna Ellis, who liked uh, the message on Twitter. The article sadly reads like a liberal hit piece. Gays against groomer founder and DeSantis supporter Jamie Mitchell added in a reply. Pulling the anti-Semite and racist card is standard leftist practice. I'm Jewish, and even I recognize the issues and problems elite Jews cause, which give all Jews a bad name. They're scared of you. Keep up the good work. (laughs) (laughs) It's like just debasing yourself this much for like a campaign that isn't going to make it out of New Hampshire is (laughs) wild. Uh, I'm just like, I, I... I just love how fucking pretentious this apology is. Listen to this paragraph. The true exit to the cave, if there is one, is finding meaning in those small spaces untouched by the shadows of politics where light breaks through. For me, that was growing into fatherhood and leaning to learning to live through my kids. Or sorry, learning to live for my kids. It is a long work in progress, but I'm trying, which is also why I could no longer countenance Trump and decided to quit his party for good. I'm sober now for three whole months. <laughs> One accomplishment that you helped me with. <laughs> Hate me today. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what? There is just such a strong assumption that everyone reading this wants to know about his life. Uh, you know, but I agree with you, Felix. Like, this wasn't nearly as good. I mean, for like as ten thousand word posts go, it wasn't nearly as good as the Lauren Southern divorce announcement, which that is one of the most ins- awesome. one of the most insane things I've ever read. That was that, that was like was trying so to read. That was like trying to read Finnegan's Wake, getting to the end of that shit. I read all of it, and the only thing I was able to draw from it was that she's basically like, "All right, since no one's asking, here's what happened." <laughs> My husband is an insane liar and a member of the Australian deep state. And I haven't been posting for a year because his bosses at the Australian CIA said that I'm so annoying that it breaks international laws. Also, I have ADHD and I live in a trailer park now. Anyway, I'm going to be doing a podcast again. That was sick. That was. Yeah. I mean, that's what posting is for. That was great. I really she really that was the best thing she's ever done. I was I really enjoyed that, even though it was way too long. <laughs> she didn't use the phrase the Gordian knot tied to the ox cart of the past and then reference Plato's the cave and Frank Herbert's Dune in his um uh, <laughs> I'm done with this anti-Semitic shit. Still racist though. <laughs> the the Gordian knot thing is 
I mean, like, offensive in its most literal sense. Not in the sense of, like, you know, you need to apologize. This is a, this offended me personally. It just uh, offends the senses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to hear it. I don't like to see this person speaking. Or, or if, you should apologize, if you should apologize for anything, it should be the apology note. Yeah. I, I just like some of the other defenses of this guy. It says here... Um, Pro-DeSantis conservatives have been sharing each other's messages of support for Gonzalez since Breitbart revealed the extent of his anti-Semitism. Scott Moorfield of townhall.com retweeted Jadurski's message, as well as a similar missive from pro-DeSantis influencer David Reboy. The slime job attack on Pedro from Breitbart, as well as a host of people at the very top of MAGA world behind the scenes, is totally reprehensible, Reboy wrote, adding that Gonzalez walked away from the scene he was in a few years ago and is an honorable man. God, just like the stink of loserdom coming off these people where they're like, they sound like Rachel Maddow. They're like the slime news, the slime fake news outlet Breitbart with their reprehensible personal attacks on an honorable man and father. Quite nerdish. Like this is the the thing that Trump gifted people was not having to act this way, yes. not having yes. to to fucking uh, debase themselves before the gods of propriety. And now you're going to recreate that because you have some fantasy that DeSantis in power is going to be anything other than just another fucking Republican. You've really convinced yourself that he's going to sw- get sworn in, and then his eyes are literally going to start glowing red, and he's not just going to do Chamber of Commerce shit just like every other fucking Republican. Also, like. Just in the most practical sense, how many votes do they think that Pedro Gonzalez would move in the primary? <laughs> Are you really like, uh, is this really yeah. like your most valuable surrogate? Yeah, this that is MVP? Have, <laughs> that they'll have to come to his defense rather than immediately throw him under the bus. They're like, uh, Pedro's just so honorable. Yeah, like they're no. all replaceable. They're all fucking replaceable. Yeah. Like, Dave Reboy, who, who you mentioned. Reboy. He's Reboy. This, like, <laughs> David Reboy. <laughs> David, David Reboy is like this. He's like this um, 5'1", like fire hydrant. This like power lifter dude uh, who just really, he looks like someone was screwing around when they made their sim. <laughs> but he it, like, he's the only DeSantis uh, flack who I could maybe identify on site, but they're like, they're just all interchangeable. And all of them are former Trump guys. Like mm-hmm. all of them. I just want to know, like what the dorkiest what, ones. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, like the hangers what was on, about the hangers on. They don't have like, Will, you're right. Like all the original, the people who are Trump from the get go, they have this like sleazy sheen to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a fucking detective who tried to light his wife on fire. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I'm yeah. a lawyer who's banned from practicing law literally anywhere in the world. I, you know, I'm the, <laughs> I, I ran the I'm biggest Ponzi <laughs> scheme ever, the Marianas Islands. Uh, I'm a DE agent that was importing heroin into America. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But all the DeSantis people are like people they're, who they're virginal, who, like they're weird, like uh, like tw- twenty year old Catholic converts who have like never gotten yes. laid, never been liked by anyone, and then they're just like they're the how dare you, sir, uh, fucking contingent and they were, of they right were wing all, politics. Most importantly, they were all people who were for Cruz until it became impossible for Cruz to win, yeah. and they have to go with Trump. That is like the every, most important thing about them. These guys are fake friends from the beginning. Every, especially certainly on the right wing, every right wing political movement is going to need its share of geeks, as you'd call them in a James Elroy book. 
You know, the kind of guy Creepers who uh, and peepers. builds uh, Stuka dive bombers so they can huff the glue. Those kind of guys. They, <laughs> yeah. They're useful. They're shock troops. They're true believers. But you need something other than them. And that's literally all DeSantis says. It's the geeks all down, all the way down. Oops, all geeks campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess like what I'm wondering is like for the... Um, for the uh, sort of uh, DeSantis adjacent grapers, like what was it about it that, like that need that like compelled them to make this conversion from Trump? I mean, I, I think Matt's right. I think it's like that they never liked there's him openings. to begin with. I think it's because yeah, there's jobs, openings because yeah. it's, yeah, it's, really it's an insurgent thing. There's you could potentially get a gig in this administration. There's Trump has already been in power. He's already got those networks uh, set up. Like if you're not in yet, you're not going to be in the next administration. But DeSantis is a possibility of advancement. But just the fact that they're like, you know, trying to be this like, uh, you know, red meat, you know, fucking muscular, like presidential pl- pl- campaign that they're going at the they're going at the top dog, Trump. And then they act all fucking surprised when someone leaks fucking personal group chat details. <laughs> they're like, this is a bridge too far, sir. This kind of sleazy journalism won't stand. And it's just like, dude, if you come at the king, you be- best not miss. You best delete those fucking uh, <laughs> JQ posts from the fucking group chat. Or, you know, make sure that you got real hitters on in, in the DMs when you're spitting that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. you got to have done collected plenty of your own stuff. You got to have yes. your destruction. Well, and I it bet, I bet. like it, it's the most loser is the most loser shit in the world, which is like. Everything, anything is allowed ex- except for when it's directed at me. Then yeah, yeah. it's the politics of personal destruction. How could people be so cruel? How could you, how could you do this to me? I am a father. <laughs> how can you be mean to a father? Pedro should change his avi to his child, to like a baby picture. Because like whenever journalists and media figures do that, they're like, it's the equivalent to being like, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses. Exactly. The job exactly. there is special. You wouldn't insult a father, would you? You can't have like your most recent post is like, um, you know, we need 100% of trans people to commit suicide. And then your next post is like, wow, this is what we're doing. <laughs> we're writing articles about fathers <laughs> what the fuck are you doing again incoherent self-contradictory <laughs> oh man oh wow just just dickless zero pussy um i guess as long as we're talking about fathers and sons i suppose we should go out with the entertaining news story of uh, yet another video of hunter biden smoking crack but this time he's in a car driving 170 miles an hour and, you know, I, I, I know like what, David Roth made this point, but like, who the fuck is he sending all of these videos of him smoking crack to? Like, and Matt, you said it. Why can't he just like do snort coke and do smoke drugs, crack? man? But, like, just be yeah, in the just moment. Do drugs. But, like, it's why do you, not cool why does he to, to like emphasize all the drugs you do. That is cringe. You're just supposed to do the drugs. I think, he's like a he's like an Iranian filmmaker under house arrest who just makes a movie about him smoking crack all day. And he's like, I'm standing up to censorship. Do you think that this is another case of uh, like he's an annoying member of a group DM? <laughs> yeah, crack smoking. Yeah. Crack smokers united. Then it's just like he's sending he's sending he's sending posts of him smoking crack being like, juice this. Yeah, let's get this out there. <laughs> it is. It let's is get some fucking, engagement on this one. It is baffling. Like I don't, I don't know that anyone in the history of crack smoking has ever recorded themselves this much. Besides, like, I mean, it wasn't crack; it was heroin. Adebisi is the only other guy, and he was doing heroin. 
But I mean, in terms of the realm of hard drugs. Well, yeah, you know, if you're loathing in Las Vegas now, we were somewhere around Barstow when the uh, the crack began to take hold. 170 miles an hour. Skirt. Just whipping. <laughs> whipping. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. And uh, your well, fine motor skills, not as good as you may think they are when you're on cocaine. Well, in, in his defense, those are separate videos. The smoking <laughs> crack and then driving 173 miles on his way to Vegas are separate videos. But okay. you, you kind of have to guess maybe unfairly so that he was perhaps had just mm. used crack during the drive. <laughs> I mean, is that unfair? Is that, uh, I don't, I mean, a, an incorrect assumption to make. I, uh, yeah. yeah. See, I wasn't aware of that though. I was only showing the, the fake news headlines that they were like Hunter Biden smokes crack driving a car at 170 miles an hour. And I was like, damn, no, that's how the, that's how the fake news lies. They yeah. take two activities that are fine to do on their own <laughs> and combine them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah, it's just like i mean i don't know I, I guess like he just he is he is the eldest millennial hunter biden because like you're right he can't just he can't just like be a fail son drug addict he's got to like document every second of his life and share it with his lawyer and friends and like hey check out this red hot chili pepper song they're like hunter you're doing court they're gonna put you hold you in contempt <laughs> yeah that's i Give it away, give it away, give it away now. I feel like more than the Chili Peppers, I feel like I know so much more about him when he sent the young or the 21 Savage song. That told me so much about him, you know, that there is like there's this like attempt to still be the classic elder millennial thing to be young forever. Yeah, he want, he wants to like just stop at like 33, you know, nothing past that. I get Jesus it. Jesus Christ. I get it. It's the correct age to die. 33. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, his father was pretty influential, too. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up here for today. I got more, I got more jet skiing to do. But before before I go, I was just like to remind uh, our friends in Canada that our shows in Montreal and Toronto on August 17th and 19th, uh, just coming up next month. Tickets still available at shopotraphouse.com slash live. Hope to see you up north. All right, till next time, gentlemen. Bye bye. I'm sober now for three whole months. It's one accomplishment that you helped me with. The one thing that always tore us apart is the one thing I won't touch again. In my sick way, I want to thank you for holding my head up late at night. While I was busy waging wars on myself, you were trying to stop.